Well, hello there, and welcome to the first episode of season four of the Simplify and Multiply show. I love having you here. Thanks for stopping by and clicking play. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. This entire season is dedicated to niching your business, and every episode will have a guest sharing their tricks and insights regarding niche, business, and marketing. And, you know, I'll squeeze in between their wise advice to proffer additional tactics and thinking, you know, that's worked for me and my clients, starting with this episode. Now, let's begin by clarifying niche and how it relates to you growing your solopreneur business. You know, in Marketing 101, we're taught that niche marketing is when a business strategically targets a segment of the population with a specific need and fulfills upon that need. By design, this process of niching creates more demand because of focus and specialty. On a large scale, many mainstream consumer brands excel at this. Think Apple, Starbucks, Dollar Shave Club, Netflix, even Walmart. You'd think that Walmart isn't niched because they're an omnipresent retailer. However, they are niched because of the very specific problem they solve, affordability. However, there is an additional distinction around niche that ties directly to profitability. A broadband, such as Walmart, may have wider interest due to the specific problem of affordability they solve. However, Their profitability is created primarily through volume and market saturation because of their reduced margins. The niche we'll be focusing on in this season is about increasing profitability through personalization, also known as niche branding, with larger profit margins because of the niche. Now, if you're solving a very specific problem and you're able to find a segment of the population with that problem, and can reach them without a huge expense, your niche can generate higher profitability. You can also create a niche by identifying a problem before the people with that problem even realize it's a problem (laughs) or something that they wanted. Think Uber, uh, Bluetooth, Alexa, Airbnb, and other innovative brands which are changing the way we do business. We'll continue to see these category-busting trends grow as people come to demand more control, access, and lower costs to those things. Now, niche brands are also referred to as lifestyle brands. You may have heard that. That means that they provide access or confirmation of a specific lifestyle, state, or activity. In other words, being a consumer of a niche brand creates a lifestyle experience that the consumer uses to express who they are or even identify who they are. This is also why successful niche brands or lifestyle brands spend much of their focus on experience 
and creating an intimate relationship with their target market, plus advertising the heck out of it and building a big brand. You know, what I think of is the the juicy brand where all the the gals used to wear the the sweatpants with juicy across their butts and stuff. (laughs) That's definitely niche marketing and a lifestyle brand. They know everything about their clients and customers, and in many cases have even helped define who their target market is through the use and commitment to the niche brand's product or service. It's really interesting to see it happen at consumer level. But let's get this out of the stands and onto the court for you, the solopreneur. I have a cool exercise I want you to try out after I sort this out a little bit more. Now, in my experience working with big companies and solopreneurs and everything in between, by far, I love working with solopreneurs the most. There are a lot of reasons why that's so, but I believe the one I'm most aware of is my ability to help my solopreneur clients realize how awesome they are. Much of the work I do is with the thinking around my clients' businesses, which is necessary because we delve pretty deep into niche and what makes them unique. And not in the way you may be thinking, such as target market, problem we solve, etc., which, yes, are all important, But what I like to discover when building a niche brand or a niche expert, if you will, is much deeper. You see, to me, niche is more multidimensional, which means that there are so many aspects to it that you can bring into play when you're developing and and focusing on that niche. I know it seems counterintuitive, but think of it this way. When you think of your clients that you already have, what do they love about working with you? What is it about each conversation you have that has a positive, enjoyable, and satisfying takeaway for both of you? How do you inspire, relieve, or serve your clients? You know, if I was talking with them right now and asked them these questions about working with you, what would they say? Now, I've done this inquiry with my clients. It was quite an eye-opener when I did, too. (laughs) It kind of blew my mind, and it actually gave me a new direction in how I position the work I do today. See, most of my career has been about solving a tactical marketing problem, improving sales, building creative assets such as websites, brochures, branding, etc., you know, managing projects and getting stuff to printers and distributed, social media campaigns running, opt-ins, webinars, funnels, yada, yada, yada. It just goes on and on. So, of course, I related my value to the thing I delivered because it was a tangible asset. And it drove an outcome for the business, so it, it made sense, right? Well, when I went out on my own, I got closer to understanding what my clients needed and started evolving how I helped them. As more underlying problems became more apparent, like their lack of understanding of their ideal customer or that they were in a relationship business, not a quote-unquote service business, or that their confidence muscle was just a little weak. These problems sharpened my coaching confidence, and I found that because I believed in my clients the way I did, I was able to coach them along to believing in themselves and understanding their customers better. This all evolved into designing relationship-based strategies for their business, not market-based strategies, which can be misdirecting. That's a fast and easy way to become commoditized too, by the way. So this is where niche came in. I realized that niche was more than demographics and target market and all of that. It was much more. 
And in the case of working with solopreneurs with expertise in a spe uh, specific area, it went well beyond their expertise. So if you think of me and my creative skills, for example, what I discovered as my secret weapon, if you will, was my ability to counsel and strategically envision for my clients in such a way that they could realize the outcomes they wanted much more enjoyably. Of course, the tangible assets were still needed and they likely always will be because of the way we market and sell our work. However, what my clients found and expressed to me was my biggest value to them and niche was my ability to own their possible future and boost their confidence that they could achieve it. Now, here's the tricky part. My clients are not openly seeking that type of person. <laughs> They're seeking a tangible, tactical thing. But when they work with me, as you'll find in your own business, they realize the experience of working with me has so much value. And it's incumbent upon me to familiarize them with these unknown gaps and blind spots. It's often an after-the-fact realization when our clients discover the real reason why they love working with us. So I know that's a lot of commentary about niche and how I've evolved my business over the years to focus more on what my clients are really seeking and appreciating that they get when they work with me. And it's just an example from my own experience. So let's focus on you. Here are a few things you can think about to help clarify the niche you may already be in or create for yourself. On a side note, there's no permanence to niching. What I mean by that is your niche can evolve as you uncover more about your value perception by asking people you work with what you bring to the table and also as you evolve as a solopreneur. So these practices should become a strategic exercise you do on a regular basis. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you niched enough? As you know, I'm focusing on exploring niching your business this season with the sole desire to give you the confidence and know-how to develop a niche that positions you as the go-to expert. Unfortunately, many solopreneurs are unsure of how they should niche and they worry if they're narrowing their niche so much that there won't be any prospects. I will tell you right now not to be concerned about niching too much. What you need is the right objectivity to see your value and your ideal client clearly so you can choose a niche that is a natural reflection of who you are. Now, when you do that, everything else falls into place and your ideal clients start coming at you from the most unexpected places. And if you want help figuring out your niche, I can help. All you have to do is pick a time to talk with me one-on-one -on -one for free about your niche by visiting pappychat.com. This is a great opportunity for you to get valuable input about what you're building and how to create a well-positioned brand that drives a ton of business. Get yours on the calendar now. Hit up pappychat.com and niche, niche, niche for strength. Book yours now. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. All right, let's get going on this. Now, this will be a lot easier for you if you already have clients, but you can adapt these questions if you're just starting out as well. Just once you get some clients going, you may want to go ahead and revisit it. 
So let's spend a few minutes searching articles on niche brands. Let's just start with that first. I want you to feel super comfortable with what niche is, how other people are talking about niche and and perceiving it. Um, I did a lot of research before I, I decided to make a whole season about niche. And there's so many nuances. There's no right or wrong. Sometimes we fall into our niche. We, you know, we just kind of discover it as we're going along, which is kind of how it happened with me. But at least I'm distinguished now, uh, much more clearly in regard to niche. Now, most of the content out there is geared toward consumer brands, but you can still extract value from what they have to say about niche brands. You don't have to become a marketing expert to have a general understanding of marketing niche. I just want you to have a good grasp of it before you kind of use this exercise to to really kind of self-examine your business. All right, so you ready? So here are a few questions you can ask yourself and in some cases of your clients. Now, these questions are on the show notes page, which you can find by going to simplifyandmultiply.com and then just going to episode uh, the first episode in season four, which is 401, okay? So that way you can maybe even, you know, get out your journal and just do some writing about it because it'll really help you look at your business with fresh eyes. All right, let's go ahead and get started. So let's start with just kind of the basic stuff, right? What did your clients initially come to you for? What problem did they need solving? So just look back at some prior client experiences that you've had and be very realistic about this. What did they come to you for? What problem were they having? And the next question is, what result did you provide as an outcome? So the result could be something tangible or something that they experienced or shifted in their way of being, such as they gained greater insight into their business strategy or customer experience, or they feel better about their health and vitality. Next, what changed in their world as a result of working with you? Was this something they could have gotten somewhere else? That's a really critical distinction. So if they had an improvement or their problem went away, what changed in their world? And could they have gotten it the same way or gotten that result from someone else or somewhere else, whether it's something they did on their own or whether it's someone that they hired that may be a competitor of yours or they solved it differently? How are you distinguishing your work from other competitors who your target clients may consider instead of you? Why would they choose you over a similar provider? So when you think about your prospect coming to you for the first time and they're getting to know you wherever they are in that journey, they're obviously looking at other resources. They may already have someone they've worked with in the past. They may have gotten a referral from a colleague or another business that said, go use this person. They're great. So you're being constantly compared in the early stages of a new relationship with prospects and new clients. So keep that in mind. So when you step back from the perspective of your client or prospect, what are they doing in their mind? What are some of the checks and balances that they're considering as they're looking at your business and how you can distinguish your work from those competitors? What are some of the things that you can look at? Now next, and this sounds kind of like the last question that I asked, but it's really, really different. What are you providing your clients in working with them that you're not distinguishing or charging for? 
So some people may look at this as, you know, added value or whatever, but let me tell you what, this was a big red flag in my business that I realized I was doing and I was losing so much income as a result. Now, I didn't know I was doing it until I asked my clients what their biggest value was in working with me. And that was my consulting and strategic guidance. I would provide it as I worked with clients on their tactical projects, not as a standalone product. That is totally different story in my business today. And not only can I serve more clients now without killing myself, <laughs> but I'm getting them even better results and they have so much more confidence and control. It's pretty amazing. Here's the biggest one yet, and this is the last one. In the work you're currently doing or will be doing if you're just starting out, how much can you eliminate so you can focus on one aspect or one element of the larger scope of what you're currently offering? Sometimes because we can do more, we end up offering more than our clients really want. We do that to be perceived as valuable when in fact it dilutes our potency and expertise. So what can you pick or siphon from your services and narrow what you do to a very specific thing? Do it like as a fun exercise. Start with something broad and break it down into the smallest elements and see if any of those can become a niche offering. It can be quite eye-opening. You know, as a solopreneur, it's hard to take the time to be strategic with your business and look at it from the perspective of niche. We are myopic in how we view our business and clients and struggle with the right visibility into our work to see where the opportunities are. This is why it's great to have an objective perspective to help you see where your blind spots are and clients are the first place to start. You know, have a good time with this exercise. And here's the thing, you can even test out some of the niches you discover on, you know, a small segment of clients or, or prospects. I'm actually doing this with podcasting right now. Clients who want to get into podcasting or rebrand their show, I offer them a great solution for their podcast that enables them to tie it into a revenue stream and know exactly how they produce it, market it, and make money from it. Now, if you want help with discovering your niche, reach out to me at pappychat.com. It can be a lot of fun, and also you may be surprised how much simpler you can make your business by creating a new niche you never noticed was available. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.